welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm so grateful for all of you and all of the beautiful reviews and ratings that this podcast has received in iTunes and all the feedback I get. It really means a lot to me. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing the podcast. And for everyone who's just found the podcast, super grateful that you came here today and that you're taking your time to listen. And I'm grateful for everyone who's followed me on Instagram and Facebook for so long. Thank you so much. It's really become a beautiful community and I'm so, yeah, I'm so blessed to have you all just creating this vibration together. So thank you so much. And this week's podcast is so beautiful. I have a beautiful guest, Sima Karal. She's an international sacred feminine and spiritual coach, healer, speaker, and number one Amazon best-selling author of Goddess Reclaimed and Manifest Soulmate Love. She holds an honors degree with distinction in psychology and a certificate in counseling from the University of Toronto. And she's a certified Reiki master, yoga and meditation teacher, a spirit guide and Akashic Records coach. She's truly dedicated to empowering soulful women to heal their deepest wounds, manifest their boldest dreams and flourish in every way. And she's the founder of Flourishing Goddess. And she immersed herself in the healing arts at the age of 14 to overcome the deeply damaging effects of extensive abuse and trauma. And in addition to healing herself, her intensive spiritual work led her to co-create a life that she never dreamt possible, leaving a toxic corporate career to follow her calling manifesting and marrying her soulmate, transforming women's lives through her heart's work and traveling the world with her beloved husband. This conversation was so healing and uplifting and we cover some of these topics surrounding healing shame and past wounds. She talks about different goddesses, also dark goddesses, triple goddess talk about womb healing and healing from abuse and she also talks about her book goddess reclaimed 13 initiations to unleash your sacred feminine power and she's truly here to support sisters out there to heal 
for everyone who's been on the same type of path that she has been and to just empower women in general and to just connect to goddess again so i'm so grateful so happy to share this conversation enjoy hi saima hi shireen such a blessing to be with you oh welcome to the podcast i'm so excited to have you here thank you so much my dear oh and i always start the the episode by asking how do you stay mindful and present Mm. it's that heart connection with the divine first thing in the morning last thing at night and then moments throughout the day for me especially connecting with the beautiful goddess um, I'm also a Taurus woman and I have Taurus all over my chart so I'm blessed to be deeply connected to Aphrodite Venus Isis Ishtar and that helps me to be very sensual in my body um, and the mindfulness the mind connecting to the heart to the body by being really present with the senses always brings me to the present Mm, that's beautiful thank you so much for sharing that and yeah I'm so excited to have you here I'm I was really looking forward to talking to you today for you to share your work what you do and yeah just dive into everything so Mm -hmm. maybe we can start by you uh yeah introducing yourselves to the listeners that haven't uh, gotten to know you yet oh thank you so much for the invitation sister Mm -hmm. so i have the honor and blessing of serving sisters all over the world as a sacred feminine coach healer author and retreat leader and I've just been so, so grateful to be on this path um, of having gone through a lot of earlier childhood trauma that led to a lot of healing that needed to be done. Um, I suffered from depression and post-traumatic stress disorder in my early teens. I was blessed to have some counseling in my high school, which really helped me to become, I would say, functional. Um, But later on in my life, in my kind of mid-20s, I was revisited with what I call that Gali Ma initiation, the dark goddess Mm -hmm. initiation. And that was this profound journey to the divine feminine, uh, going even beyond spirituality and meditation and healing, but doing this with the goddesses, which was an embodied way of healing everything. Um, healing my sexuality, trauma from sexual abuse early in childhood, healing my self-worth and my self-value. And this was so essential because not only was I an absolute breakdown, but every part of my life reflected that back to me with my relationship to money, uh, to the masculine, uh, friendships, my work, everything. And I knew that you know, it was time to no longer be a victim, but to really take that self-responsibility. And the goddesses connecting with them was so profoundly healing. My background is actually Muslim. So I was raised in a very uh, patriarchal, uh, Muslim, Pakistani, Indian background. Um, There was a lot of beautiful things that I was taught as well. 
but uh, it was it took the goddesses and the divine feminine to heal the wounding with the shadow and toxic masculine. And then when I was able to do that, it absolutely transformed me at a cellular level in my womb with my sacred sexuality, uh, reclaiming the power of the womb, the connection to the goddess and all her phases, triple goddess, the queens of heaven and earth and the goddesses of the underworld. Uh, the dark goddess, as much as the sometimes what we think of when we think of the goddess, you know, the beautiful Aphrodite or Isis. And this was so powerful for me that I had to share these teachings with others because I knew that they were not taught to me. Not only were, was I not taught about the divine feminine, but the feminine was very much uh, always seen as a threat, something sinful, um, you know, to be oppressed and controlled. And the, the way that my life transformed, the, the way that I was empowered by this, it became my life mission to teach the ways of the goddess her gifts to not only women, but our soul brothers as well, because we have to heal this imbalance together uh, individually within ourselves so that we can heal it on Mother Earth, in our planet, in our collective consciousness again. So it's my mission now to support my sisters everywhere in doing that same work of uncovering their greatest inner blocks, usually connected to our earlier life or in my work, even past lives. And clearing them at the deepest level at the root level no matter how far back it goes even if it ends up being karmic and then to really not only transform them but to flourish into the goddesses that we truly are and so really helping them manifest all of their dreams from the feminine mm, that is so beautiful thank you for sharing that and yeah, there's so much more I wanna I wanna know and ask. <laughs> it really resonates with me, and I I, I totally, um, yeah, can relate to to upbringing and how, um, yeah, there's there's a wounding within certain cultures and also, um, the practice of certain religions, mm -hmm. which it it doesn't come from from the cultural religion itself it mm. comes from a deeper place right mm. so it really um it's it's beautiful what you're sharing because i think many of us that have started walking this path have had it's like we we have we have had to face like deep shadows mm -hmm. and deep work that we we've had to do with ourselves so and that was kind of like initiations, right? Yes. So it can be a very long time in our lives. Mm -hmm. It can be uh, years or decades that we have to go through mm -hmm. certain things to then like flourish from that. Yeah. And, um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing that when, when we get out from that, that we share what we have learned from it because we sometimes it's it's like when you have went through it and you passed it it felt like so quick so when you look back it's like when everything is healed it really mm -hmm. starts not feeling heavy but yeah. at the same time we have to understand that there are so many that 
are in that process yeah. but that we were in mm-hmm. and if we had that support back then mm. it would be so different but awareness and consciousness was not there there was mm-hmm. no support mm-hmm. so it's really beautiful and maybe because i had this very specific like if, if i would write about the different initiations mm-hmm. which i also have yeah. it's it's very specific like points okay. of time and situations that led me into finding this divine feminine and when it appeared it was very strong mm-hmm. it's you can't uh, you can't uh, <laughs> just uh, like ignore it yeah. so maybe you want to like dive deeper into that your own path into it and how it how it like turned out to be in this way yes. which it is now yes definitely so like i was saying in my mid-20s i ended up just spiraling down this deep depression and mm-hmm. i discovered that okay this is connected to um my earlier childhood trauma i knew that but i just didn't realize how much it affected me because honestly i thought well i already got the counseling in high school and i'm more you know i was very blessed to have had that uh, opportunity i had a psychologist that was in our high school i went to a catholic high school um, and i had a chaplain uh, who was very very helpful in helping me connect with God, but it was still very masculine. It was like, well, it's okay that you were sexually abused. God forgives you, you know? And so in my younger life, being more, I guess, uh, traditionally religious and conservative, it was helpful for who I was then. But I think the goddess was saying, no, God doesn't need to forgive you. You need to reclaim your body for yourself and, and release that shame. And you have the power to forgive what happened to you not not the you know the unconsciousness um or, or the acts like so we never condone you know people's unconscious behavior but for me forgiveness became not something that uh was something i did for others but for myself and also not something i needed to seek from god for things that happened to me so the goddess made it very personal and empowering to show that this healing work, this reprogramming of the shame and the guilt that was imposed. So for example, like one incident was the first time my father found out that I had been sexually assaulted by a neighbor. Um, he, My father locked me in a room and beat me with a wooden log. I was seven years old. And part of the healing was realizing just how much I was punished for something that happened to me from my masculine father who should have been there to protect me, right? Mm. And the goddesses were there to say, there's nothing was your fault. There's no shame. Let's heal this. And your body is a temple. Hathor came to me with, you know, as the goddess of the womb being our sacred temple, the Bhavati with the Yoni, Aphrodite, Oshun from beautiful, you know, our African goddess and just goddesses from all over the world. It's like they came to me and they put their hands on my womb to say, daughter, sister, this is yours. And we are going to release from it at the deepest levels where you had been violated Um, and hurt and reclaim at a cellular level the 
power that exists here for you. And that was just only one part of the healing. Then there were goddesses like Pale, the Hawaiian volcano goddess, Sekhmet, the uh, Egyptian lioness goddess of war and that fire of, of sacred rage. And they gave me permission to rage. I think as a highly sensitive soul and empath, and I see this a lot with my clients, it's sometimes very easy for us to be in centered in compassion. And even when, for example, I was thinking of those men, there were several who had assaulted me when I was young. I would think of them like, well, you know, maybe they weren't raised a certain way or they were lacking, uh, you know, their connection with God and I'm going to forgive them. And I kind of skipped past the rage part. And Pele and these goddesses were there to help me feel. I don't know if we can swear on this podcast. <laughs> Go okay, ahead. They were like, fuck that shit. You know, how dare they do that to you? And to also in an embodied way. So, for example, for me, the gap between the counseling I received in high school, which was, again, very helpful, but it was more, um, you know, it's talk therapy, right? Cognitive. The goddesses gave me this beautiful tool of movement and em embodied healing. So, for example, I could use the breath of fire uh, to release that anger or uh, dance and movement and shaking, this primal shaking and raging and screaming and sound to rage out the rage, the raw, pure rage of the child, of the feminine, of all the goddesses, of all women who've gone through the, these violations. And so many of us, unfortunately, most of us experience uh, harassment, violation, uh, abuse, you know, in some way at some point in our life. And so releasing that, it felt like I was releasing it for all of us. And I truly believe that when any woman does healing for herself, it ripples out to all women through all of time. Um, so there was the goddesses of rage that really empowered me. And that continues to be a gift for when I work with women, uh, you know, they're like, I know I need to forgive my father or my mother or my ex-lover or my boss. And it's like, we'll get to that. Let's, let's talk about your anger. And first, like, no, 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 it's all, you know, love and light. And I understand that that's where they're operating from, their level of consciousness. Like, no, no, no. And, and there's always, you know, I, I get to that volcano and, it's just so cathartic and necessary, right? So there's these different aspects. And then there were the goddesses like Erish Kegel and Persephone who took me to, I was already in the underworld. You know, I, I see going into a depression as being in the underworld mm. with the shadow. But when we don't have those guides, whatever that might look like, for me, it looked like the goddesses uh, of the underworld. It can be your angels. It can be your higher self. Uh, it can be God, Jesus, whoever you connect with. But for me, it was the goddess. They were like the specialists. You know, they were the goddesses of the underworld. Um, and that's actually why I think uh, in my book, Goddess Reclaimed, the very you first meet Siege, who is a goddess of silence, just to get us centered and anchored. And then we go right into Erish Kigel and Inanna to go down the seven gateways of our own unconscious, uh, which is the underworld, uh, or has always in the goddess traditions been talked about as the underworld, and others as well, like Hades is the god of the underworld. But these goddesses helped me to face that shadow self. And how Erish Kigel is healed in her story is when she receives unconditional witnessing and compassion. 
right? Yeah. Inanna first goes down saying to the underworld to meet her sister and says, I'm here, you know, to comfort you while Erish Kigal is in grieving her husband's death. But instead, Inanna being kind of like our higher self, our positive mind, uh, she goes actually to dethrone Erish Kigal, who is our shadow, who is the culmination of our grief, our rage, our pain, our wounding. And Inanna is sentenced to death because it's like the positive self denying or overtaking this really essential, powerful part of us. And it's only when Ereshkigal receives these two creatures that Inanna's father sends down who wail with her, who cry with her, who empathize with her, who share her grief with her, who honor and witness her. Only then Ereshkigal is given some relief and release. And so she sets Inanna's body free and Inanna is now no longer the same. And Inanna must make this journey uh, often when Venus goes into retrograde, which is going to be happening. Uh, I'm not sure when you're airing the podcast, but soon it's said that that's when Inanna goes down into the underworld. And for me, it was about going to that shadow self, the wounded inner child, the even wounded teenager and the present self. And Again, this continues to be something now I work with so much, especially in these times, is to just hold space. Learning how to hold space for ourselves is so, so, so powerful. And many of my clients who want to become healers themselves, and they're talking about different modalities and tools and certifications, and I always share with them that in my experience, it our tools are beautiful, that heals the most those we're serving is offering our unconditional love, presence, witnessing, and just holding that space for them, right? To be held with unconditional love. And this is what the goddesses of the underworld gave to me in that time of healing for myself. And then eventually there was the grace with Tara and Kuan Yin of the higher spiritual purpose and lessons. But we didn't just skip right to that. I think that's maybe what the earlier counseling did was kind of put, um, help me have a more positive spin on things. And I think, you know, that maybe repressed things a little, which needed to come out later on, which I'm very grateful for. Mm. Well, that's so beautiful. And it's, I love the story with Inanna because Inanna or Ishtar has been really um, present mm. Uh, in my that's how I even became oh. aware like, of oh. the goddess presence yeah, an initiation. So that was wow. initi I didn't even know about these goddesses but uh, uh, yeah I was doing a, um, a shamanic journey mm. and uh, I saw Ishtar which I didn't know who mm. she was but I heard the name and, and saw the yeah, saw the shape of her and, and her yeah body and the wings and everything. But uh, it's really, and and she came exactly when there was also a breaking point. It was like, okay, now you've done like decades of work, so there will there will be, because also it's like. What what you described also. It, what you experienced from very early childhood um you had to experience this this 
grief within you very early like ch- children are are not supposed to feel feel that type of pain so early if they're well protected mm-hmm. and at the same time i think many of us who have experienced pain from very early childhood uh, the the it's like when 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 uh, a woman is given birth mm-hmm. like the experience and the pain that comes mm. with it uh, because I'm a doula oh. so I assist in birth it it gradually heightens mm-hmm. right so it 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 like goes up to this peak and then something releases and then it's like it's all gone wow. right and yeah and and that and from that came like the brightest mm-hmm. light so it, I I really see that um yeah these these experiences are true initiations because we would never have been aware and probably and exactly what you said when we're starting to do this healing it's not only for ourselves it's for everyone and the four mothers that came before us so we're healing because healing goes beyond time and space so we're going backwards forward sideways everywhere with the healing so it's it's a really important work and um i think it's beautiful to take your own experience and take and not only do something for yourself but you take that and try to help mm-hmm. others with with what the work that you've done so it's really beautiful that you shared that and and the yeah, I mean, the goddesses, these stories about the goddesses have for long been forgotten mm-hmm. and uh, suppressed. And also a lot of, if we look at Lilith, yeah. for example, or all all the, it's like, first of all, we think mm-hmm. darkness is something bad. And the darkness, the yin is c- always connected with yeah. the feminine. So why is it so right. bad? Like, why, why have we abandoned mm-hmm. that? And then... Yeah, it, it's just become demonized and we're scared and we just worship the male. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we like we are not worshiping or or feeling the connection to the divine mother, although we all came from mothers. So it's it's a distortion. It's it's really um but I think the 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 important thing is to also like claim your own wisdom and then practice mm-hmm. that and to show even people who are not interested mm-hmm. in 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 going so deep but embodying like what it means to be connected with your cycles how you express how you're feeling for example when you mm-hmm. need that time to go within you are maybe in pain because many of us who have experienced these type of like past life wounds wounds in this life we carry also pain in our mm-hmm. womb so that that's why the during our uh, menstruation it's very important to to yes. work with that I, and how do you uh, is that something that you're also teaching uh, yes. womb work and 
Oh, yeah. absolutely. So uh, one of the ways that my pain had manifested earlier in my teens was with really terrible periods. Uh, mm -hmm. They would last about mm -hmm. eight days. They were so heavy. Sometimes I would faint because I would lose so much blood. Uh, I was had so much pain that I would be bedridden often and take time off school. And this was obviously all the pain that I had experienced, right? The sexual trauma manifesting in my body and it and, and other hormonal imbalances with acne and, and just PMS, mood, depression around that time. And it was, uh, again, it took me until my early 20s, mid-20s when I started learning about the triple goddess and the moon cycles in addition to the healing of the womb uh, and the sexual past and trauma and the, again, even just religious upbringing around sin and shame. Uh, around your body because you know in in the muslim culture you have to be completely covered and uh, a lot of muslim sisters i have to say feel very empowered when they do that and so more power to them but the, in in my context it was still about you know you, you should cover yourself up and be modest and you know it's mm. like um don't be a whore it was kind of that bad if you're showing mm. like your forearms even uh, so yeah. the period healing with the triple goddess Oh my God, it changed everything for me. I started uh, learning about how every, if, let's, let's just for example, take a typical 28 day lunar cycle and learning about how we are actually a different woman every phase of our cycle right whether it's a week or longer and how we are the maiden you know and again we might not be as connected to this uh, each woman might have her own personal experience but the archetypes and energy of the maiden and the mother and the crone is so powerful that when I learned about it and I started living and honoring that cycle so my period time was now going to be a time of rest, retreat, release, giving my blood to back to Mother Earth. Or, you know, if it was winter, because I'm here in Canada, it's very cold. I would put it in my plants. Um, you know, just uh, that's my time of deep. Uh, I, my dreams are more vivid. I'm learning that, oh, I'm more sensitive now. And I, you know, that golly ma crone energy comes in. I'm less patient because I have a no bullshit radar, no filter, you know. And knowing, okay, this is a time where I'm not going to have some of those um, heart conversations because it might come out a little too abrupt or, you know, hurtful because that's a shadow of the dark goddess as well. And so I'm going to wait till my mid cycle, the ovulation time, the full moon time where I'm more in my heart and I can speak uh, for everyone's greatest good, you know, with more, with more grace and kindness and compassion. But if I need to set boundaries and with a boss or a colleague or whoever, I will do that. This is in the past, you know, during my, period time because I'll have a little more of that badassness in me and when mm. I want to get clear and set new intentions and I know after my period that new moon and we don't have to necessarily sync with the moon we can uh, go with the rhythm of our body or the moon I find once you do that either way the period and moon cycle ends up syncing <laughs> there's some magic Mm. but just knowing that different phases offer different opportunities was it changed everything my periods became something I looked forward to uh, for years now they've just been you know about three days bright and red and beautiful very regular in spite of uh, being on a fertility journey and you know taking doing eventually some fertility treatments thankfully my uh, doctors have always said, like, you know, your eggs are what we look for in our donors. 
Um, and like uh, I have, you know, my my beautiful Yoni is like the age of an 18 year old. So I know it's she gets a lot of love, you know, and I have to say one thing that's been mm. so beautiful is when I got together with my beloved Eric uh, years ago, mm. he <laughs> one time we had made some plans to see some friends and uh, the night came and I said you know I'm actually kind of feeling like staying in and being cozy do you think that's okay he's like yeah he looked at the calendar and he said yeah that seems about right and I said what were you looking at the calendar for and he said uh it's, it's about that time for you I'm like excuse me <laughs> and I said what do you no 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 I'm not not due for another two three days he's like okay <laughs> I went to the bathroom and he was right my moon had started okay there she was yeah. I come out and I say, love, how do you know my cycle more than me? And he said, survival. <laughs> <laughs> that is so he was beautiful. Joking, but he said it. that he knows uh, because how, I guess I wasn't telling him anything, but he knew that I'm, I have certain rituals for each part of my cycle. And what he had actually done, uh, he surprised me. He had bought these beautiful, like lush, I don't know if you have the store there, but I have these favorite uh, bombs. They're like bath bombs that at the time I wouldn't buy for myself because they were a treat. He had teas ready for me. He had like salty things and sweet things and chocolate and um, uh, hot water bottle for me because uh, he knew I had made a kit for myself. We weren't living together yet. But basically, this divine masculine man honored the goddess within me because he had witnessed mm. how I take care of myself. Um, and without my asking, he picked up on these cues and then he created what normally is my own kind of moon time kit or self-care kit. And I think that's something so beautiful is when we learn to honor ourselves as goddesses and we practice that sacred self-care uh, honoring our cycles, our rhythms, our bodies, that we really do teach and inspire others around us, uh, our you know partners, our children, on how we honor ourselves. And I think it, it shows self-love and it helps others to love us maybe the way that we deserve as well, yeah. right? Exactly, exactly. Because it, we can't, we, we, if... If a man uh, or yeah, any type of male uh, would wouldn't they wouldn't be able to give us that everything that we need. We we mm -hmm. first have to give ourselves and to also show the way because I think it's the same with me and my partner that I have been very comfortable in my own self in my like in mm -hmm. my own feminine femininity and my my cycles and been very I'm not covering up anything it's mm -hmm. like this is yeah. the full me and we were all created yeah. from this blood yeah. that comes every month so it's it's yeah. something very sacred and we have to teach because they haven't been taught by because the the mothers that have come before yeah. are also suppressing that so it's not a conversation that maybe mm -hmm. you and I would have with our sons, for example, to teach them. It, not even mm -hmm. girls are taught anything about that. It's just becoming, it's yeah. coming to the surface now. So there are probably many conscious mothers out there that are 
teaching their children this, but I think our generation has not. So it, it really, exactly what you said, how you treat and love yourself is how others, and the more you suppress yourself or, or, or don't listen to your own body and, and yeah, then other people won't. And it's especially, I mean, in your case, what you describe, it's really like someone so comfortable in their own divine masculine and feminine that as we we serve each other in that way, it's a very Mm -hmm. beautiful union. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) I love that. And, but it's, it's really interesting. So you have, uh, with the womb and the womb work, you've experienced the blockages that many women experience nowadays. First of all, we walk around and think that having extreme pain is normal, but we, we're not being taught that that's uh, really energetic and like an imbalance that comes from deep within, something that needs to be released. And many women are also going through uh, challenges when they want to conceive. And I think that's a really important topic to to take up if you want to share a little bit of how, yes, how absolutely. you see that. Well, I have to share after doing mm. all this beautiful work and, you know, my Yoni, I see it shines, you know, and my beloved, mm. the sacred union that we experience it, when we're intimate, the sacred lovemaking, it feels like it's Shiva Parvati <laughs> making love through us, you know, so mm. I, and then just own my own uh, part of the pain, uh, you know, I know how it manifested was that I also felt like uh, the fear of anything coming near me, right? And that blocks you to receiving what's good and what's safe. So a lot of that work uh, at the unconscious level was, you know, I'm worthy of receiving good. First of all, that I'm safe and protected, but also uh, not only releasing the shame and guilt, but knowing that it is safe for me to receive good and I'm worthy of receiving good just as I am. And um, the worthiness in the womb makes such a big difference because, you know, the sacral chakra is almost like porous in terms of how we can receive and how we can create through it. Our beautiful womb is so, so powerful. We create life through it. And when it came time to conception, I went through this beautiful journey. Nine months before we were going to try the first time, I went on a personal rebirth. That's when I had done my yoga teacher training. I optimized my eating health. I was the healthiest I'd ever been. I did uh, even more forgiveness work. But I just, I just want to clean everything up, you know, uh, so I can be the most pure vessel mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. And we were absolutely, you know, that kind of couple that practices the conscious conception. We even had timed it so we would have a, our baby be like, I think maybe a Leo or a Sagittarius. We were that confident. <laughs> we would be compatible with our signs. And the first time it was so sacred. We did this sacred ritual um, that was so beautiful. And I expected that that's it. My baby's here. Uh, and now this was six and a half years ago and there's been uh, no baby yet. And you can imagine after you go through that kind of journey and you come so far and you're so connected with the goddesses. Um, I felt in the beginning kind of shocked, angry and betrayed, you know, by the feminine that I've, I've, mm-hmm. I've came so far. I've done so much. Everything felt like it was thriving. I would manifested 
Um, so many blessings in every part of my life was truly flourishing. And it felt part where I've experienced so much healing and transformation. Uh, is there still a block? So then eventually I did what I, I would, you know, I had done in the past. I did look for even more healing. Um, and I think the path that it led me on was realizing that this humility and surrender that my womb is powerful. I am worthy of motherhood. And that when it comes to children, we're talking about another soul. So for example, I, I have a program called Manifest Soulmate Love that I take mm -hmm. through. And um, I talk a lot, similar to what I was saying earlier, you know, the divine masculine and how we need to come into our divine feminine first and foremost for ourselves. And then he'll come to you. And he always does. But I notice for different clients, some will send me a wedding invitation within a year. And for some, it takes a little longer. For sometimes it's been as early as like within three months, they say they met their soulmate, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and the, that divine timing is also um, a contract with the other soul and where they are in their life path. And in my journey, when I connect with my spirit babies, um, and it's funny because now a lot of women that I, that have come to me, I can connect in addition to the goddesses with their babies. And my mm -hmm. clients I have been getting pregnant. I'm actually supporting a few clients who dealt with infertility and have been pregnant through the work we've been doing, which mm -hmm. only helps me believe even more in the divine order behind fertility. So I feel that once we have done what we need to do to love ourselves, heal ourselves, uh, we can also give ourselves permission to let go mm. and trust that, you know, if you feel your womb is healthy, because in the fertility journey, you can get a little obsessive and crazy wanting to do everything in your power. And sometimes what ends up happening, and it definitely happened to me at a certain point, was I thought I was being proactive, but I was actually giving my power away to all the other experts someone said you know do this supplement that medication this hypnotherapy that acupuncture this holistic treatment i've done everything you can possibly do and given that all those things you know didn't work still was a reminder to me that i need and deserve to listen to my own body and it's not so much about now what i want which is a baby but how i want it and how I want it is to be in trust with myself, to be gentle, to have, be on this journey with self-compassion, with self-love, with honoring and listening to my body, eating what my body tells me feels good and not what someone else is saying I have to eat or can't eat, you know, living mm. the way that my body, my heart, my soul feels beautiful and goddessy uh, to welcome this these beautiful souls that I've felt connected to since the beginning I even know their names and really trusting that it's like this holy trinity of father mother uh, or mother father and holy and child and connecting and knowing that and I'll share what I've seen in my visions I see the soul of my daughter and what she said to me is us you me the women of our generation this time we are breaking down the old structures, right? The patriarchy and a lot of this darkness, the corruption where we were treating our planet. We are in the generation and especially what's happening in our world right now of breaking down the old 
and she's coming. She showed me herself like a little Wonder Woman <laughs> with a bunch of other strong girls and really heart-centered, sensitive boys who are also, and they each had this balance of feminine, masculine within themselves and how this new generation of souls that are coming through us, um, especially those of us who are maybe a little more, you know, spiritually uh, uh, minded or, or walking that path. They're, they're, we're providing this vessel for them to come through. They're going to build the new world. Mm. And it's like that made it so not personal, that it has nothing to do with me, right? They, these children have their own divine path, their own mission. And they've shown me how certain things have to line up with certain timings. They even know, for example, which soul group they're going to go to school with, you know, which, which <laughs> friends they're going to have, right? Uh, which soulmate they're going to have. I saw eventually my my daughter's soulmate and all these things it was connected to. So it made me realize there's, yes, there's womb and fertility involved, but fertility is it's not just us. It's conception is about these other souls and their own divine path and purpose. So what we as womb men, as the mothers and vessels can do in the meantime, the best thing we can do on the fertility journey mm. is mother ourselves. Yeah, and that's so beautiful because uh, when we talk about, like when we see the, the triple goddess, like the maiden, the mother and the crone, we also hang on to um, the picture and the image of w what the mother is. I mean, we we think that yeah. mother can only be be attained through a physical child, but at the same time, I see many yes. women out there that yeah, it does take a bit longer for these women to conceive but at the same time they're doing so much work that is not only for themselves it's for mm -hmm. the world uh, which is being a mother mm -hmm. to all of humankind and to I'm, I'm i'm thinking about these times that we're in now there there needs to be a mm -hmm. force and grounding energies and the work that we're doing is is so important for that. So that's like mothering the earth, mothering all of the hum hum human beings on earth. And with that uh, timing, I think it's truly for us women to go within and to do our inner work first, because when we're working within the womb, we're working with the earth womb and the cosmic, like everything. So it's really, and then also... Yeah we come to a point where there's things that we have been programmed how how life and the world should look and and we we don't question it mm. so we we just do whatever has been planned out for us to do and and we we think that we will achieve happiness when we get there but then we see that it's not the the things that happen outside of us that 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 makes us happy right. but it's actually the attachment to that makes us very unhappy absolutely yeah yes you're so right and one of my great lessons too has been i mm. i deserve to be happy now no matter what happens no matter what doesn't happen but every person 
um, every woman on the fertility journey, we, why do we want to even be mothers, right? To have even more capacity to love and nurture a little being uh, and just, you know, offer all that unconditional love that we have. Uh, but nothing is stopping us from doing that now. And I'm blessed to have nieces and nephews and my, and really my clients will often say to me, they feel that maternal love for me. And you're so right. You know, I, I have the blessing of channeling that love every morning when I do my meta meditation, my Loka Samasa Sukino Bhavantu Mantras, I send, I, I hug the whole world. I hug the whole planet, especially these days. Um, and sometimes, especially these days, I almost, I cry because I have so much love. I, I feel all of our fear and pain, and I want to hug all of us, our humanity, our animals, our Mother Earth, with so much love and protection and tenderness. And then I see and feel, you know, Goddess Isis behind me with her mm. wings wrapping me. So I know that the Divine Holy Mother mm. is holding all of us, but... Through the, this journey and all of us, you know, we're, we're probably wanting to manifest something, waiting for something to happen. But that's what that was that lesson that it's not about what I want, but how I want it. And I, I get to choose how I want it and how will be with joy, with joy now, today in the present, with gentleness now, with honoring and listening to myself, my own wisdom now, with uh you know, just being filled with gratitude for all the blessings mm. that I have right now. Yeah. Yeah. But all we have is the now. And that's all about surrendering right now to, to, yes. I, oh, when, when I, I'm going through something, I always think and feel that this is my path. I, I, I there's nothing that I mm. can, that I should or could change because this is my path like mm -hmm. come back to that just surrender into that this is my path like it's it doesn't mean that mm -hmm. everything is going to be constantly feeling in a in a specific way it means that right now this is how it's supposed to be how do we accept exactly. like we talk yeah. a lot about acceptance mm -hmm. but how what does that really mean mm -hmm. and when do we stop mm -hmm. pushing because it's, I mean, certain things in life we can't achieve with young, masculine, pushing energy. Certain things we have to release and let go right. and, and just trust that we are exactly where we should be. Yes. And that's, you know, releasing resistance to what is here. Uh, that has been another gift. Actually, it's funny we're doing an interview today because uh, I intended on creating a a video mm -hmm. for my YouTube channel because next week is uh, National Fertility Awareness Week in Canada and I believe the US as well. And I was going to share 10 life lessons I've learned from my fertility journey. And the other one was this surrender and releasing resistance because uh, we made five embryo babies mm -hmm. through IVF last year. And we did three transfers and we lost all three of our embryo babies. And the last, the third one was just before the holidays and it was very devastating. Uh, but every time we do this, of course, I do all of my prayers and rituals. It's still a very sacred process, even though it's medical. Um, and I remember saying, you know, I had prayed to God, to the divine God, goddess, that thy will be done. You know what my heart's desire is, but may your most loving will be done for me, for everyone's greatest good, for the greatest good of my children and me, my, my beloved. And so 
and baby doesn't come or, or stick around, stay. It was exactly what you said. It was accepting that if this is what is here, then, and if I'm, tr if I'm truly going to live a life of faith and say that whatever comes is from God, and if it comes from the divine, then, it, then it's good. It's the divine's will for me. And if I say that I trust that the divine loves me unconditionally, and everything that comes from the divine is for my greatest good, then whatever shows up, I have to trust that. And it was hard for us to do that, right? When what shows up is not what we want. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> when what shows up is, is heartbreaking or devastating to your human self, which I completely honor, um, I allow myself to go through that process. Again, I hold space for myself. But there's this light that shines through that says, if this is from God got us, then it is also good. It is from love and it is here for my greatest good. This is divine will. Therefore, this is much greater than what I could have hoped for for myself. And one of the gifts I feel it's given me is I feel that when we go through grief, you know, grief feels so it carves out a depth in terms of the pain that I felt that I didn't even know that I had in spite of what had, had gone through earlier times in my life. But as that heals, and even as that's still there, uh, sometimes it, it, it gets triggered and it's kind of like, a, it's a process. And I honor that as well. But I also know it carves out a deeper capacity for compassion and love and gratitude and grace so right now, when I was saying earlier that I feel like I can just hug the whole world, it's because the grief I've experienced in my own journey has broken my heart so wide open that my capacity for loving is now so much more. That's so beautiful. I really resonate with that. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, and mm. I would love for you to share um, your you're offering right now for people to find you and maybe work with you oh thank you so much sister so i'm at flourishinggoddess.com uh, for me flourishing goddess means that we embrace all of the goddesses right <laughs> as we talking about in our conversation and it's just such a joy to provide my support with two sisters through, I would say 80% of what I offer is free through my videos. And that's one of my hard intentions is to really be of service. So there's a lot of free guided meditations and uh, goddess guidance, um, beautiful different topics. And every month we get together at flourishinggoddessschool.com for a monthly goddess circle, uh, where we really connect with a particular goddess and her particular gifts. And we receive an initiation from her directly I'm so honored to facilitate that. Um, on my website, I have so many, uh, if you, if sisters choose to join our sisterhood, our beautiful community, there's a lot of free gifts that they receive as being part of a newsletter tribe. So I really just hope to serve people with a lot of heart gifts and free content. And then if they would like um, to go further, there's my books, Goddess Reclaimed, 13 Initiations to Unleash Your Sacred Feminine Power, which is such a beautiful journey that uh, every woman goes through anyway, but to know that we have these archetypes, these allies with us is so, so helpful. And I'm grateful that many women are saying that they want every woman to have, you know, this book, this healing. 
Um, and they can work with me also one-on-one -on -one with the coaching session. It's called a coaching session, but it really ends up being a channeled mm. <laughs> session. All the goddesses show up when I work with a sister and they just start showing me visions of her past, present, future. And we just work together to uh, manifest miracles together. So all these different ways that I, I so am so humbled and grateful to serve my beautiful sisters. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. And I'll add all the links to the show notes so everyone can find you. you. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up the call? Yes, I would love to share uh, if we're listening to this during these times that God, goddess is in charge. We are being held. There is divine order behind this time. Uh, the mother goddess is with us. You know, the dark goddess, we, when we enter her womb, the void, it can feel dark and scary, but we're actually being held deep within her womb, within her heart. Um, and, you know, we're being stripped of what's not truly connecting us to our power and not to undermine what's happening right now. There is so much pain, but I feel that those of us who are, you know, light workers and priestesses and here as empaths, we can be the vessels, as you were saying earlier, my love, for just shining our light and sending love and compassion to each other and to all beings and know that we are all divinely held and guided and supported always. Yes. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that you took your time here and sharing everything that you do. And yeah, I, I would love to connect with you again. Oh, thank you so much. This has been so beautiful, Shireen. So nurturing, like just a cup of the most healing tea, <laughs> you know, for my soul. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank, thank you for sharing. You for thank you for everything that you're doing, sister. I honor you. I'm so grateful to walk this path with beautiful sisters like you. I celebrate you and your work is so needed in our world right now. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope this conversation could bring you more light and more love on your path and that you found just something within the conversations that can help you. And if you feel that you need to connect with Sima to just get guidance and abundance from her work, you can find all of her links in the show notes for this episode it's truly beautiful what she does for all the women out there and to take what she has experienced in her life alchemized it transformed it into this healing for herself and for others and that's truly beautiful and i really admire her for that so let's end this episode with a deep breath in through the nose and exhale everything out through the mouth and namaste